Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. This is the Tom Hartman Program. And greetings, my friends, patriots, lovers of democracy, truth, and justice, believers in peace, freedom, and the American way. I want to get into my rant about how America must outlaw no-knock warrants. And most people don't realize where this started. Most people aren't old enough to remember it, frankly. But this started with Nixon's war on drugs. And it's time to drive a stake through this 50-year-old legal Frankenstein's monster that has killed so many Americans for no good reason. I'll get to that in a moment. Also want to get in this first hour into how freedom is terrorizing Canada. Whose freedom are we talking about? And a crazy alert. You won't believe what sea serpent sightings actually may be. Whoa, we'll get to that. So a lot on the program today. I want to start out with the op-ed that I published this morning over at HartmanReport.com. It's titled, America Must Outlaw Nixon's No-Knock Warrants. Amir Locke is now dead in Minneapolis. As you know, this young 22-year-old man, no criminal record, wasn't committing a crime, wasn't in a residence where crime was being committed. Police were looking for evidence or witnesses or something that had to do with the murder. They didn't find it there. He is a legal gun owner. And when they kicked in the door, he was asleep on the couch with his gun in his hand or near him, and, and uh, immediately they killed him. I mean, just, I mean, like, immediately, within seconds. Uh, this is Breonna Taylor all over again. I mean, you know, between this and the flashbang part of it that usually goes along with these no-knock raids, that, that uh, last year, I believe it was, uh, they threw one into a baby's crib, and it caught the crib on fire, and the burned away part of the baby's face, and he's still, you know, is a million-dollar uh, treatment in the inter- in intensive care unit. I mean, this, where did all this come from? Well, this all started... And those of us, those of you who are old enough to remember what America was like before Nixon's war on drugs know exactly what I'm talking about. This all started with Richard Nixon wanting to get reelected in 1972. In 68, he sabotaged LBJ's peace plan with the South Vietnamese, committed treason, according to LBJ and Republican Senate majority, or, or maybe it was minority, I'm not sure, leader uh, Everett Dirksen treason. And that got him into the White House in 68. So in 72, he's looking at, well, how do I get reelected? Actually, in 71. And so in June of 1971, uh, he rolls out his so-called war on drugs. Now, for those of you who are younger, just go back and binge watch some of the old cop shows from the 50s or the 60s or even the early 70s. And you'll see, you know, the police come up to somebody's door and knock on it and say, let me in, let me in. It's the police. And the guy says, show me, you got a warrant? And the cops say, yes, here it is. And he cracks the door open with the chain on and says, pass it through and takes a look at the warrant and says, okay, come on in. Or the cops say, no, we don't. And he says, well, come back when you do. Right? I mean, that's how it used to be done, by and large. There were a few outliers, obviously, but that was standard procedure. And then in June of 1971, Richard Nixon, June 17th, Richard Nixon officially rolls out the war on drugs saying that uh, this is, now this was, by the way, the consequence of a meeting that he had with Haldeman and Ehrlichman, his top two advisors, 
about how to, how to come up with a strategy to win the 72 election. And, I mean, it literally took on the dimensions of a war. This is, this is a, you know, kicking in somebody's door for anything less than to immediately save a life. I mean, you know, I get it. If you hear, you know, if, if, you, get a, if, if you have a sense that the house is on fire or you hear, you know, somebody screaming inside, oh, my God, he's got a gun at my head, kick in the door. Yeah, I get that. But to serve a warrant? Sir Edward Coke in 1628 in the Institutes of the Laws of England said, quote, for a man's house is his castle at Dominus Saque et Tusitum Refugium. In other words, and each man's home is his safest refuge. In that, in 1628, this is British common law, he was quoting a law that was ratified by England's King Edward III in 1275. This idea that the cops don't just kick your door in unless there's a really, really, really good reason that has to do with saving somebody's life right now goes back to 1275. In the Fourth Amendment, it says the right of the people to be secure in their houses, uh, persons, houses, papers, and effects against unreasonable searches and seizures shall not be violated. But what happened in the 70s, and, and again, those of you old enough to remember will be, can, can probably cite chapter, verse, and show. I remember it well. All these shows started popping up where the cops would bang on the door and say, I got a warrant, and, and then you'd flash to the back room where the guy is running out of the bedroom with a bag of dope and flushing it down the toilet as the guy in front is telling the cops, well, hang on just a minute, I got to read this warrant. I mean, literally, they were there, they, that was like the storyline in dozens of cop shows and a couple of movies. And, and Americans were like, well, why? You know, people are getting away with flushing drugs down the toilet. Now, that's not right. And, uh, and then you started seeing cop shows where the cops were kicking in the doors. Uh, they did not have the legal authority to do that. That was not legalized by the Supreme Court until 1995. But, hey, it was a thing in the 70s. And then the 80s. And then the 90s, like I said, the Supreme Court just doubled down on it. This is 19, June of 1971 was when Nixon declared his drug war. Two years later, the New York Times writes, quote, this is from, the, from uh, on June 24th, 1973, quote, Innocent Americans around the country have been subjected to dozens of mistaken, violent, and often illegal police raids by local, state, and federal narcotics agents in search of illicit drugs in their dealers. Such incidences have resulted in at least four deaths, including one policeman slain when a terror-stricken innocent woman shot through her bedroom door as it burst open. A Califor in California, one innocent father was shot through the head as he sat in the living room cradling his infant son. And it goes on from there. Uh, oh, and the incidents also underline what some view as an inherent danger in, quote, no knock. It was so brand new back then that they put it in quotation marks. Narcotic raids, which were authorized for federal agents by Congress in 1970. Christian Science Monitor reported that in, in, uh, in 1981, there were 3,000 no knock warrants in the United States. In 2006, there were 50,000. Last year, there were probably 70,000. Nobody's keeping an accurate number, but that's the best guess. 70,000. And you want to know what this was really about? Well, John Ehrlichman laid it right out for reporter Dan Baum. He, he was the guy who came up with this war on drugs, John Ehrlichman. And he says, and I quote, he says, you want to know what this is really all about? The Nixon campaign in 68 and the Nixon White House after that had two enemies, the anti-war left and black people. Do you understand what I'm saying? We knew we couldn't make it illegal to be either against the war or black, but by getting the public to associate the hippies with marijuana and blacks with heroin and then criminalizing both heavily, we could disrupt their communities. We could arrest their leaders, raid their homes, break up their meetings, and vilify them night after night on the evening news. Did we know we were lying about the drugs? Of course we did. And on my article over at HartmanReport.com today, I've got a graph showing rates of incarceration in the United States. Starting in 1925, we were incarcerating around 200 people out of every 100,000 Americans in 1925. It peaked just a little bit right around the, the late 1930s at about 270 people per 100,000, and then went back down to or right around 200 
people per 100,000 throughout the 1940s, throughout the 1950s, throughout the 1960s. And then we hit 1971. 1971, we were still at 200 people per 100,000. By 1980, we were at 300 people per 100,000. By 1985, we were at 400 people per 100,000. By 1990, we're at 500 people per 100,000. By 1995, we're at 600 per 100,000. By 2000, we're at 700 per 200,000. By 2005, we're at 800 per 200,000. By 2010, we're at 900 per 200,000. And that's pretty much where we are right now. You know, four times as many, and the majority are minorities. Now, Minneapolis just banned no-knock warrants. Three states have done this. Here in Oregon, it's illegal. No no-knock warrants in Oregon. It's also illegal in Florida and Virginia. Three states. And none of us, none of these three states have experienced a sudden wave of crime. But we don't have cops killing innocent people anymore, and we don't have innocent people shooting at cops anymore. It's time for America to say, enough. Nixon's war on drugs has caused enough pain, enough death, enough misery. It created our for-profit prison industry. It created the school-to-prison pipeline. It is a legal Frankenstein's monster that is 50 years old, and it's time to drive a stake through its heart and end that. And now, because the Supreme Court has weighed in in 95 and 97 and said this is okay, it's, we have to pass federal legislation saying, no, the Supreme Court is wrong. This is not okay. We're not going to do this anymore. It's time to end no-knock warrants end Nixon's war on drugs. Here in Oregon, we have decriminalized all drugs. There has not been a crisis. Time to end Nixon's war on drugs. This is the Tom Hartman Program. And return to sanity. Enough of the police state tactics already. Omar in Herndon, Virginia. Hey, Omar, what's up? Prophet, to adjust the democracy, peace, common good, and merit to wait. Thank you for taking my call, Tom. What I want to say, you know, this no not quarant, ninety percent, it's basically on black and brown people. Yep. Well, actually, it's the deaths have been a little over fifty percent, but that's yeah. uh, you know also wrong. Go ahead. It, it's primarily affecting black and brown people. I, I never heard of any no not quarant and non uh, minority people. They I, happen. I just, they I actually happen a lot, Omar. Sadly. Yeah, but if, now, for example, like in Chicago, there was this case where they went to the wrong house. And they had a lady by the name of Netian standing there naked the entire time while they're searching the house. Yeah. You know, her name is Annette Young. And it's just, it's just troubling. But what I think needs to be done, it, this has to be, the Justice Department has to set a specific guideline for police to interact with the citizen. You know, it, it just cannot be just run them up, you know, every municipality set up its own rules and things like that. Yeah. There has to be a specific guideline from the Justice Department, and this is something that Biden has to uh, look at. You know, it has to be destruction from the Justice Department, and we should ban no knock war nationally. Well, that's what I'm saying, and the, and the problem that we have is that back when, you know, Clint Eastwood was popularizing this with his Dirty Harry movies, it was illegal. Uh, you know, he was a rogue cop. But cops started doing it, and then finally somebody took one to the Supreme Court in 1995, and, and Clarence Thomas wrote the decision, for God's sake, and said, we can't find anything in the Fourth Amendment that says the police can't bang into your home. And then yeah. they, you know, they doubled down in 97. The, the decision in 1997 actually narrowed it just slightly. They said, well, yeah, uh, they can't just do it randomly, but they can do it if they think that you might destroy evidence. And so now destroying okay. evidence has become the catch-all phrase for everything. But because this is now part of our law, this, this insanity mm -hmm. that Richard Nixon and Clint Eastwood got started in this country, because this insanity is now part of our law, the, the, the you know, straightforward solution to it is for Congress to declare the, that it is not, that it does not comport with the Constitution, that the Fourth Amendment of the Constitution does reflect the Castle Doctrine going back to 1215 in England, and in British common law, which was, you know, informed American law, and that a no-knock warrant is an open and naked violation of the Fourth Amendment. We also need and to so end for-profit prisons, by the way, which are another factor in this. 
and it's always ending tragedy. Majority of these are ending tragedy. So there's uh, there's no real point of, of having them. But the other thing, why I wanted to ask you, Tom, from perspective, with the spike in crime nationwide, she would be. And, and I, I don't know if the Republicans get the House and the Senate, she would be concerned about crime bill part two. What do you mean? Like, do you think they're going to push another crime bill like they did back in the 80s? Oh, they absolutely um, will. Let's just hope that this one actually addresses some of the causes of crime <laughs> rather than just, you know, uh, authorizing more, more, uh, uh, more cops and more prisons yeah. and, and, yeah. And, and, yeah. and making it harder for, for uh, you know, people who are convicted of uh, shoplifting three times in a row not to avoid life in prison. I mean, you know, it's, yeah, uh, yeah I, we, we took a really dark turn in the 80s and 90s, you know, uh, and uh, th thank you, Omar. And, and, and by the way, this is not a partisan issue. You know, this, uh, Reagan started the, well, Nixon started this, Reagan put it on steroids, and Clinton doubled down on it. And pretty much all the Democrats who were involved in that, including Joe Biden back in the 80s, have now apologized and said, you know, it's a mistake. Okay, cool. Fix the damn mistake. We'll be right back. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective, unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. And welcome back. So uh, up in Canada, there is this so-called freedom convoy. It's mostly Americans. It's American truckers who don't want to get vaccinated and who are listening to right-wing hate radio on their podcasts and on their uh, radios all day long and and they are like well marinated in the trumposphere and the and the and the bizarre all this bizarre stuff and they say that they are fighting for freedom because Canada says you've got to you know prove that you're vaccinated before we'll let you into the country and these guys are like you know going I mean they're 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 traveling through Canada and raising hell and going to Ottawa, you know, the federal capital. And they have descended on a, a soup kitchen, intimidating the staff and demanding to be fed all without masks. They have uh, desecrated war memorials that pay tribute to those who fought for the very freedoms that the convoy supporters enjoy. This is from uh, The Conversation, by the way, over on rawstory.com. They are defecating in public including on the property of people whose home displayed a pride flag. Oh, isn't that sweet? Yes, you're so into freedom that you're crapping on somebody's front lawn because they've got a pride flag out. Yeah, very, very, a real defender of freedom you are, you fool. They've overrun malls and stores all across Canada everywhere they go. They, they run around with no masks, you know, proclaiming that uh, no vaccine. And a lot of these stores have been forced to shut down. What happened to their freedom to earn a living? What happened to the freedom of their customers to go in and buy the products that they want? These fools are shutting down schools in the wake of these rallies, denying parents the freedom to go to work or the freedom of their children to go to the so-called freedom rally, right? The freedom convoy. No, it's not. It's selfish, wimped out. I mean, it's really pretty pathetic, right? We're afraid of a shot. I don't want to get a shot. Oh, my God. And in Ottawa's downtown, you know, they're running around making racist remarks and threats. 
and generally causing people to feel unsafe. I mean, I, I think instead of calling it the Freedom Convoy, we should call this the, uh, the, the Freedom Tantrum or the Vaccine Tantrum. And they're not only a risk to themselves by not getting vaccinated and not wearing masks, they're a risk to everybody they come in contact with. And not just this, I mean, by again, spreading this meme of freedom means not being vaccinated, which is complete horse crap. I mean, you know, you're, I am free from getting measles, thank God, you know, or free from getting smallpox or polio. It seems like vaccines produce freedom, not the other way around. But in any case, they are draining the resources of our healthcare system. You know, our hospitals here in, in Oregon, and, and frankly, all across the country, are slammed with unvaccinated idiots who are sick with COVID, and in many cases dying in our hospitals. And as a result, cancer patients can't get treatment. Car accident injury patients can't get to. There was a story here a couple of weeks ago, a week or so ago, about a guy who was injured in a car accident. And they said, you're not severely injured enough to go into the hospital. He may have had traumatic brain injury. He may have had, but he didn't even get an x-ray. Why? Because the ICU and the ER were full of unvaccinated mask holes. Freedom, right. F-R-E-E-D-U-M-B. Welcome back to the Tom Hartman program, the place where despair is not an option. Crazy alert. Or is this geeky science? I'm not sure. One or the other. Anyhow, a lot of sea serpent sightings throughout history. You know, they describe the the sea serpent and it's got this huge tail sticking up in the back. Well, I mean, this literally goes back to ancient Greece. There's all these reports in history. And so this guy who won this award, this is absolutely fascinating. Charles Paxton, a few years ago, he won the Ig Nobel Award. The IG space N-O-B-E-L, Nobel, right? The Ig Nobel Award, as in Ig Nobel. He had done a study on why amorous ostriches attempt to court humans in Britain. This Ig Nobel Award is for research, quote, that cannot or should not be reproduced, but that first makes you laugh and then makes you think. Well, this guy has decided to go for another award. He's done a whole bunch of deep dive research, scientific research into the history of sea serpent sightings and has concluded that what most of these people are describing are whale erections or uh, boners, as they say in the headline. A lot of sea serpent sightings could actually be whale boners. Yeah, okay, (laughs) crazy alert. And, and our you know uh, weird use of language alert, I suppose, for the month. Uh, anyhow, let's pick up your phone calls here and uh, see what's on your mind. Maverick in Edmonds, Washington. Hey, Maverick, what's on your mind today? You know, Tom, this whole no-knock warrant thing yep. makes my head freaking explode. It's dangerous for the police officers, yep. and it's dangerous for the occupants of the building. Yep. If somebody kicked in my door in the middle of the night or the middle of the afternoon, The first thing I, and I think anyone else would think, was, "Uh uh-oh, there's a problem here. Somebody's coming here to cause me some harm. And the only thing is naturally to do is to assume, is to to become defensive. If you can't jump out a window, and you shouldn't have to, you're going to reach for, well, your firearm if you have one. And I don't know if you you noticed, I didn't see video of the event. I saw a single picture photograph yeah, video. Uh, from the police cam that was uh, in my local newspaper this is the seattle times mm. and the the gentleman who ultimately got murdered when he was reaching for his weapon i don't think he had it with him i think he was reaching for it because he had his finger alongside the side of the pistol away from the trigger the way someone who is trained in firearm safety is supposed to handle a weapon right and this guy so, by the way had a legal gun with a permit i mean he'd, he'd gone through the paperwork to get a permit to carry his gun so in other words he'd done probably everything that that he possibly could to be a responsible and safe and maybe even, uh, uh, what's the word, uh, not unwilling, but begrudging uh, firearm owner, yeah. uh, which which 
I am. I mean, I, I grew up on the south side of Chicago, and if my house was the middle one in a tic-tac-toe board, every single of the eight houses around me had been broken into at least once. And one of them, my neighbor, Butchie Brown, was shot with a shotgun. He was fine. Uh, and it was only 15 feet away from my bed. Wow. So, and, and I was held up when I was eight years old and shot at while I was coming home from the candy store. And I never felt that I lived in a bad neighborhood. But uh, apparently, uh, well, I guess some of those memories have come with me. And, <laughs> I guess you, know, you every, did, Maverick. But Maverick, I think your point is really day, well taken. Amir Locke is dead for no good reason. Amir Locke is dead no because reason. Richard Nixon wanted to win the 1972 election. And so he rolled out his war on drugs as a way of distracting us from the fact that he had extended the Vietnam War and killed another 22,000 Americans and another million Vietnamese. And he was very unpopular for that, by the way, at the time. And, uh, you know, it's, it's just nuts. Thanks a lot for the call, uh, Maverick. Marilyn in Madison, Wisconsin. Hey, Marilyn, what's on your mind today? Good morning. Um, I'm calling to say in Ottawa, um, if, if these are American truckers up there raising hell, um, it's not doing anyone any good not to arrest, arrest them, deport them, put, out, put them on a no-entry list. The longer um, they're, I think there's fear that these guys are armed. Um, some of them probably are. Um, they've got no business raising hell up there. Um, there has to be, there have to be many statutes um, they, uh, against what they're doing. They're breaking many, many laws, and they're going to keep doing it. And they're just becoming more emboldened, a la the former guy, yeah. um, to keep raising hell. It's yeah. time to get serious with them. You know, there were People in this country wanted Black Lives Matter protesters shot. You know, this is worse than Black Bloc. They're, you know, they're they're shutting down whole neighborhoods and businesses. It's time to get serious. You know, yeah, there's a fear. These guys want to shoot someone. Yeah. But I think if they're taken seriously and they're slammed, they're 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 bullies and they're cowards at heart. Yeah, I don't I don't object to them having the right to say I don't want to get vaccinated. Uh, you know, it's your choice to say anything you want. But when you're crapping in people's front yards, uh, when you're when you're threatening, you know, a government, when you're shutting down a city um, for for, the, you know, for I mean, the bottom line here is that, you know, the, the, the country and the trucking companies are saying you got to get vaccinated. They're saying, no, we don't want to. Uh, that 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 seems to me like they've just you know crossed the line. Marilyn, thank you. You said it very well. Josh in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania says you disagree with me. Josh, you go to the front of the line. What's I, up? I do. Thank you. Um, you know, you said that these truckers are taking over these stores and you know making people fearful, um, and they're irresponsible because they're unvaccinated. Well, and unmasked. Unvaccinated, principally and, the unmasked and unmasked. part. Okay. I'm, so I'm guessing Canada probably has, most of them actually are vaccinated because how else did they get into the country? But. Well, unless they're already there, but yeah. but yeah. <clears throat> so, if you know these store owners and these regular Canadians, you know they've been under mandates for for months and months, almost years now. If they've had to be vaccinated, and a majority of them wear masks and are vaccinated, if an unvaccinated trucker comes in, why are they so scared if they're protected? Because nobody wants to get COVID, Josh. I mean, it's very simple. But you're vaccinated and even, you're masked. Even, you're even uh, Josh, being vaccinated keeps you from dying from COVID. It keeps you from getting COVID so bad that you're three weeks in the hospital. It keeps you from, from you know, feeling like you've been hit by a truck when you get COVID. But you can still get COVID. And when you get COVID, you can still get long COVID. It looks like about a third of all the people who get COVID end up with long COVID. And long COVID has it shortens your life, it damages your kidneys, it damages your lungs, it damages your liver, it damages your heart, it, cause, it damages your brain. About a third of that third are experiencing dementia. About a sixth of the people who are, who are you know, having long COVID are actually experiencing dementia as a consequence of it. That's not something that's reversible. And so, you know, who wants to be exposed to a huge viral load, which, by the way, the, the, the other piece of the science that we know now is that the larger the, 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 the larger the number of viruses, the more viruses you inhale when you are first exposed to COVID, the more likely it is to overwhelm your immune system, including the vaccine, you know, the, the, the part of the immune system that has been strengthened by the vaccine, the more likely it is to overwhelm that and produce a serious case of COVID. 
And so why would any rational person who's trying to avoid getting sick, avoid dementia, avoid erectile dysfunction for the rest of their life, another one of the more common side effects among men who get COVID, long COVID, uh, you know, why would they want to be exposed to some idiot who's, who's breathing viruses? So if somebody has the vaccine, and that can all happen to them, which is true, I, 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 there are benefits to the vaccine. But if you can have the vaccine and still have all these issues because you can still contract it, not every single person that has the vaccine is going to have COVID. But not every single person that's unvaccinated is an automatic carrier of COVID. They're not the monkey from Alfred. all of that. I, obviously, it's true, Josh. But if somebody is, is proclaiming proudly the fact that they are not vaccinated and that they are not wearing a mask, they are more likely to have COVID, to be carrying COVID, to be exposing people to COVID. And, and basically, they're just petty, wait, selfish wait, wait. asses. Wait. wait, so the people that the truckers that are that are driving across country that are building forts, they're sick with COVID. You're, you're trying. Yeah, to there's a lot of it going on. Like I said, COVID, COVID doesn't always kill you. About half of COVID cases, you well, don't even get symptoms. Either. The other you half, you get symptoms. Like you were run over by a truck. These people are healthy. Josh, that's that. What about is not is not going to fly at all. You know, so you're saying that these these people have COVID are so so sick that they can build. Uh, Josh, build let, let me just explain the again the simple science to you, Josh. The simple oh science, gosh. the simple reality is that about half of the people who have COVID who can infect you with COVID don't even know that they have it because they don't get all that sick. The other half of the people get real sick to extremely sick to die. And, you know, I, I don't know where you've been all this time. Obviously, you've not been paying attention to the news or, 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 you know, any kind of science here. But the simple fact of the matter is that most of us who have gone out of our way to avoid getting COVID and long COVID would rather not have some fool in our face breathing COVID in our faces. I mean, it's just it's just really simple. Uh, you know, I, I, in fact, I don't know how to simplify it beyond that. This is what you are watching is selfish, petty, childishness. I don't want it there. I don't want the shot. No, you can't make me. We're watching that being played out as if it was some great political thing. The soldiers that George Washington required to be inoculated against smallpox didn't say, oh, you're taking away my freedom. No, they got the vaccine and then they fought the damn Revolutionary War. And we're able, as in large part as a result of having been vaccinated, to kick the British's ass. We'll be back. It's 45 minutes past the hour. Quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. With higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR, all into one platform and one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required. It's accessible from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. You improve efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. By popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to netsuite.com slash Hartman with two N's. netsuite.com slash Hartman. That's netsuite.com slash Hartman. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Dave in Federal Way, Washington. Hey, Dave, what's up? Hey, not too much, Tom. I want to mention another aspect of this no-knock tactic that it's being used by the police. And like you rightfully said, since, since the Nixon administration, look, this is um, a military tactic. 
and it was it's used a lot during military occupations. All right, mm-hmm. and, 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 and it has the same. It literally is police state. You look up police state in the dictionary, and there's a picture of somebody kicking in a door. I mean, they, it's like back to you, Dave. Sorry. Well, no, no, no. And you had a caller that said, you know, he's worried about getting hit by an errant bullet. All right, look. Look, I've seen it so many times. I, I don't want to go into details. Okay, but the bottom line is, it is a military tactic. And with all the heavy stuff that's going on around the world, I just want to bring this up because I brought it up before, but I want to try to make it clear. Our police, by any any reasonable person measure are militarized. That makes them a legitimate military target. Now, I know people always say, Dave, forget about your 25 years. You don't know what you're talking about. The police will be off the street. Okay, yes. Who will replace them? National Guard. All right? National Guard and Reserves. Those forces are going to be taken away from the fight. All right, look, this is a bad, bad scenario we are setting our police up for. And I don't want to – I've heard it in comments from the police. I've heard it in the same comments that soldiers say. Look, our leadership is making us vulnerable. They're they're, they're taking away our weapons or whatever. They're limiting our our ability to murder, whatever, whatever. All those things are natural human responses to a combat environment. Our police are militarized. It puts them at risk. It puts our country at risk. I just wanted to throw that out there. Okay, well done. Thank you very much, uh, uh, Dave. Uh, uh, Appreciate the call. Paul in Ellsbury, Missouri. Hey, Paul, what's on your mind? Uh, yeah, I'll be calling. Uh, you know, first of all, I really love your show. I've been watching it for a long time. But the, this morning you mentioned about the, uh, the the police that were kicked in the door of the the boy. Well, they and, used a uh, key, actually, in this case. But they still, it, yeah, it was still a no-knock warrant. They did not knock on the door and say, come to the door and let me in. Right, yeah. I, but, you know, that's what I was going to tell you, that they had a key when they showed the pictures of it. Yeah. Yeah, but it's, it was still a no-knock warrant. And, and, and by the way, in Minneapolis or in, in Minnesota, uh, no-knock warrants can only be es- executed after 7 a.m. Uh, in uh-huh. other words, you can't just rouse somebody out of a sound sleep uh, unless you have a warrant that specifically says nighttime entry, and this one did not. And they were 12 minutes early. <laughs> so, you know, this was an illegal execution of a no-knock warrant. Uh, even though, yes, so they so they went to the management of the apartment and got the uh, got him the right to have the key, or yeah, you know, well, they got the no they got a no knock warrant. Um, you know that is legal. Although Minnesota, Minneapolis just announced this morning that they're banning them, but you yeah. know, like the entire state of Oregon did, the entire state of Florida did, uh, the entire state of Virginia did, and and yeah. we're not having a crisis now with criminals getting away with their crimes. I mean, you know, you, you knock on somebody's door. And you put a cop by their back door and you put a cop by their windows and you say, you know, come on out. It's like, you, you know, yeah, you can't stay in there forever. time, whenever somebody wakes up from a sleep, they don't know what you're saying. Yeah, exactly. Or doing, uh, you know, and, and, and yeah. you know, grab the gun. I mean, it's, it's, it's crazy. Really? Paul, thanks a lot for the call. back. Tom Hartman here with you. And let's see here, Charlie in, in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Hey, Charlie, what's up? Yeah, I was calling about the truckers in Canada. Mm-hmm. And I used to work for a trucking company and the, D, the Department of Transportation rules. I mean, they have rules they have to follow, like they can't drive over 70 hours a week. They can be pulled over any time to have their driver log checked to make sure that, you know, they're under 70 hours. Right, they're not but protesting they that loss of freedom. Yeah, they're not They're not complaining about that. And then, you know, with the way stations, you know, they have to go, you have to stop and get weighed, you know, and if you don't, well, you're in trouble. And I can't understand why, like you said, they're not protesting that, but they're protesting the shot. It's because they're buying this this false information about the vaccines that is being promoted by several foreign governments, 
as well as a, a, a movement within the United States that started out being politicized by Trump and the Republicans. Basically, you know, hey, let's oh, yeah. keep the let's keep the, the the COVID pandemic going so that Biden will fail. I mean, that's that's where this started. This is the you know the, this whole this whole anti-vaccine rant on the part of Republicans and people like you know like Ron DeSantis is all about let's keep the vac let's keep the the virus circulating, let's keep people sick, keep the economy on on life support. So that in 2022 and 2024, people will vote their pocketbooks and put Republicans back in power. That's that's the bottom line. Charlie, thanks for the call. Hack in Calber Calgary, Alberta in Canada. Hey, Hack, your thoughts? Well, I'm not there yet, but I'm headed there. Uh, anywho. Headed yeah, where? Uh, one, uh, headed to Calgary. Oh, you're driving. Okay. Yeah, right now I'm just uh, right, right now I'm just west of Madison. So you are a trucker. But uh, Yeah, I am. I am, and uh, I, I think it's I, I think it's freaking horrible. But uh, one thing that I have not noticed the right wing saying about these truckers, I don't think anybody on the right wing has called them thugs. Has called them and what? I think we are thugs. Has, has called them thugs, and I think we know why. Why? They're mostly white. Oh, because they're white. Yeah. Well, not only are they white, but they're also promoting the right wing's meme of the day, which is, you know, keep the vaccine go or keep the virus circulating, keep the pandemic going. America has more pandemic deaths as a percentage of population than any other developed country in the world and more than most undeveloped countries in the world. Um, I mean, it's just astonishing. And, uh, you know, so, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. Thank you very much. I, I appreciate the call, Hack. Uh, David in North Miami Beach, Florida. Hey, David, what's up? Hey, y'all. Yes, and remember that the truckers are probably not listening to you, but right-wing radio and podcast. But uh, about these uh, no-knock warrants, mm -hmm. if we're not going to switch to the Portuguese system where illegal drugs are basically worthless, and we're not going to teach the cops how to use shields so they don't have to be scared of minor weapons, Right. then let's go equal opportunity. I demand white affirmative action. For every underclass, non-white person, they should have to deliver the same to a white person of similar threat. Of course, that white, they're more likely to have more guns, but of course, they're also more likely to have access to an attorney. But I demand yeah. equal opportunity. So your point is that the cops are kicking in, uh, disproportionately kicking in the doors of people who are minorities. And, uh, you know, uh, on the presumption they are not or do not have lawyers. Right. right. Yeah, I get it. Or, or, or other uh, safeguards to worry about. Yeah. They're, they're an easier target. OK. Which is which serves nobody. Yeah, I got it. OK, David, thank you very much for the call. Uh, Jeff in Paris, Texas, says you disagree with me. Back to the front of the line. What's up? Hey, how you doing, Tom? Good. What's on your mind? Uh, uh, several different things. First, pick one. Truck drivers cannot legally carry firearms in their trucks. Okay. It's against the rules. Thank you for that. I have not seen any videos of any truckers waving around guns. They're not burning down police departments and courthouses like BLM. So you're saying the, the, the truck drivers are not as bad as the black people. Is that your message here, Jeff? Uh, BLM is mostly white, but that's uh, okay. Black people and their allies are worse right, than the okay. truck drivers. Okay, I got it. Your, your your opinion is registered, Jeff. Thank you, Jill in Great Falls, Montana. Hey, Jill, what's up? Hey, Tom. Okay, on the no knock. Yeah. President Trump was shredding evidence openly. Oh, you're right, and stealing it. They had to go down to Mar-a-Lago to recover presidential papers that he had stolen from the White House. Yeah. Yeah. That's all I had to say. Well, that, that's a good one, Jill. And I mean, how crazy is this? The guy is now a thief as well. He stole these presidential yeah. papers from the White House. We don't know if he stole a China. It wouldn't surprise me. I mean, remember that whole scandal about, you know, when Clinton left, they stole the W's from the keyboard? It was made up. It was a fictitious, it was a total lie that, that got made up and got promulgated by Fox News. But Clinton, when they left the White House, they didn't steal anything. But. Uh, but, but Trump, he actually stole stuff that has value that he could sell on eBay and maybe is. It's weird. Steve in Alaska. Hey, Steve, says you disagree with me. What's, hey, what's going on here? Are you trying to before you even start? Are you going to do the sales pitch of, hey, one group got away with committing a crime, so why can't I? No, nope, that okay. is what it's about. 
I just don't understand why people think it's okay that the Black Lives Matter's done everything. They didn't. They didn't. One group. Really cared about that so much, you know. But when we have a peaceful protest, whether whether it's down there with the truckers or the one in Washington, if it's a peaceful protest, it should be allowed. Everybody should be allowed to have their opinion. But according to you, that's wrong for them to go up there and do what they're doing in Ottawa. Why is that? That's their business. That's Canada. That should be none of our business. If they want to do that, that's their business. All right. So, so first of all, Steve, just United States instead of in other countries. Steve, you asked me a question. I'll, I'll give you an answer if you can stop talking for a second. Um, first of all, the vast majority of Black Lives Matter protests were 100% peaceful. I mean, like 99.9% .9 of them. Seriously, they, over 3 million people showed up on the streets in, in dozens of cities. I realize you've been watching Fox News and they, they lie to you regularly, Steve. You are a victim and, and, and we all need to have empathy for people like you. But the reality is that the vast majority of Black Lives Matter protests were peaceful. The second part of that is that where they weren't peaceful, Everybody, including Black Lives Matter as an institution, condemned violence and condemned property damage, and a lot of people went to jail for it. And I'm all in favor of that. So if somebody is protesting racism and they commit crimes doing that, they should go to jail. I'm saying that. And if somebody is crapping on people's lawns and, and tying up traffic and threatening, threatening lawmakers in ways that are illegal, they should go to jail for that. I don't get the difference, Steve. What, you know... Are the truck drivers up there threatening people? Are they threatening people up there? Uh, apparently they are. These are the reports that we're getting from the people in Canada. Yeah. Steve, uh, try watching something other than Fox News because Rupert Murdoch, the billionaire Rupert Murdoch, is lying to you on a regular basis. Joan in Rochester, Minnesota. Hey, Joan, what's on your mind today? Thanks for well, watching. I was speech. thinking back to the police problem. Mm -hmm. I watched a show in the early years and saw on that show where the, uh, the talker had a police station in Minneapolis on video showing the armed services training the Minneapolis police on how to use tasers and all that type of equipment, actual military equipment. And my conclusion about that is that puts pressure on the police so they now have a new set of rules to follow. And possibly if they don't turn into military people or whatever these fellows are trying to teach them, that they won't have a job. And their job from way back when I was a young girl was to inform the public how they were being protected by the police, not being taught to be uh, arm of the military. And so I feel like... Um, what was done then was a big disservice to the American people. And I give the man, and I won't use his name, who had the program, a lot of credit because a lot of the things that he advocated on his show have come to happen and come to pass in what's going on in the government right now. Yeah, this was specifically what you're talking about here, Joan. I keep wanting to call it the 1044 program, and I know that that's not the exact number, but for some reason it's just irredeemably stuck in my brain, but this Ronald Reagan started this program to increase the profits of the defense contractors so they give all this military hardware to the police departments. Is that what you're talking about? Well, I'm talking about I, that could possibly be the reason behind it, but right. that's not the effect it was having. I mean, if you are going to arm the people that we usually count on to help us, that they may in, in turn turn around and use a taser or uh, practice military activities right. on the normal people. And this was a gentleman on a, uh, a program, and I'm not, not going to use his name, but uh, I watched him every day, and I watched the things he said and what, had, what has come to pass over the years in this country. And so many things were right on the nose to mm -hmm. uh, infrastructure problems yeah. and isolationism and all those type of things. And he, the things he said uh, have come to ring true and uh, uh, arming the police to take uh, measures against you and me who are supposed to be, they're supposed to be there to help us, not to cause us 
harm and worry, and I'm sure they didn't really like being put in that position themselves. Yeah, no, what we're seeing, and I, th I think Dave put his finger on it very effectively, what we're seeing is the militarization of police in the United States. Police who are, are, are in many cases no longer using police tactics, they're using uh, police state tactics, they're using military tactics, they're using battlefield tactics against us and and the united states is not a battlefield and and no. the more it's treated like one the more it will become one or it'll become like one joan thank you very well said okay picture this it's friday afternoon when a thought hits you i can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever or i can hop into my all-new hyundai santa fe and hit the road with available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Well, welcome back. Tom Hartman here with you. One other thing I wanted to rant about. It's time for Leonard Pelletier to go home. He has been in prison for 45 years. He's 77 years old. He just tested positive for COVID. He's in the penitentiary down in Coleman, Florida. This is effectively a death sentence. His conviction in that case rests entirely on the fact that he was present on the reservation with a weapon the day that a couple of federal officers were killed. Nobody has ever documented that he did the killing. He has been denying it. James Reynolds, the, one of the main federal prosecutors who put Peltier behind, behind bars back in 1977, wrote to, to President Biden asking to commute his sentence and give him executive clemency. According to Reynolds, the government had, quote, lied, deceived, used racism and fake evidence to sentence Pelletier to two life, consecutive life terms in prison. His co-defendants, by the way, were found not guilty by reason of self-defense in the killing of these two FBI agents in, in Ogallala on the Pine Ridge uh, Reservation in South Dakota. Uh, this was a shootout with the American Indian Movement. But he was a leader, and so he paid the price. It's time to let him out of jail. It's time to, actually, it's time to pardon him. So, picking up your phone calls, Jessica in Chicago. Hey, Jessica, what's on your mind today? Hi, Tom. 100% agree with you on that. Free him. And I love your show. You do such an incredible job. Thank you. My friend has dual citizenship with Canada. She was born there. So I have a little bit of an update on Canada. Okay. The Ottawa police are arresting those truck drivers because um, they're not only damaging property, they're driving around why they're prohibited. They're driving the police crazy. They're driving the wrong way. They're not wearing seatbelts. They're drinking while they're driving. A lot of them don't even have the proper licenses. And the police cleared Confederation Park and fenced it up. They have Ontario police going there to help the Ottawa police. Yeah. And the crazy things you have to do to be to prevent these Trumpster babies. They're wearing their diapers like Trump, and Canada is standing up and fighting these crazies. And one more good news thing, this will make your collar really happy. The GoFundMe for these truck drivers, it's called the Freedom Convoy. The GoFundMe was shut down, so You're thank right. you. You're right. I had that story someplace here, and I, I, I don't know what happened to it. But yes, you're absolutely right, Jessica, on all points. And, uh, you know, and today is the day, actually. The Canadian, or maybe yesterday was the day, the Canadian government is now starting to fight back and saying, enough, enough already. And by the way, I'd said earlier, these were Americans uh, protesting. This is mostly Canadians, actually, Canadian truckers who are all bent out of shape. But, you know, truckers. There's some Americans in there. Yeah. Yeah, I've, I've, I've seen that report. Yeah, thank you very much. Jessica, thanks for the call, and thanks for the update. I, I appreciate it. Margie in Wisconsin Rapids, Wisconsin. Hey, Margie, what's up? Hey, Tom. That's what I was going to mention to you about the trucker tantrum, which is what we're calling it, mm -hmm. is that they are mostly Canadians, not Americans. Right. They're spurred on by the Americans, but they are mostly Canadian truckers. 
And this has gotten much bigger than what people realize. They're shutting down ports. Toronto, I have a friend who is a healthcare worker there. They are being instructed to go to work not wearing scrubs because it's too dangerous for them. They're having to escort healthcare workers to and from their facilities. They are shutting down hospital bays, the ambulance bays. And I saw a video this morning where they tried to start an apartment building on fire because the people were yelling at them to shut up. They is the bay that you're talking about here. Hang on just a second, Margie. The they that you're talking about, is that generic anti-vaxxers or is that specifically these truckers? This this is the trucker tantrum. Oh, wow. Yes. And just so you know, they are planning on trying to have this go worldwide. Yeah, of course they are. And it's probably it's probably being driven by a Twitter account out of Saudi Arabia or something. Actually, it's part of it's being tr- uh, not necessarily. Some of it is being actually spurred on by trucker radio. Yeah. Of, oh, yeah. CV and and oh, and and trucker radio on 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 various networks. Yeah, I get it. Margie, yes. thank you. Uh, you're the trucker, right? You're you're, you're a trucker yourself. Yes, uh, yeah, okay. I am a trucker and I am ashamed and embarrassed by my profession right now. Yeah. How you know, how widespread is this, uh, you know, culture, the subculture within trucking? It seems to me like it's uh, it appears like maybe it's even half. It's pretty, I mean, trucking has always been pretty conservative. I mean, just the the mentality over since the Trump administration, it's gone insane. I I literally don't go into truck stops anymore because I don't feel comfortable. Wow. Wow. Margie, thank you. Thanks for the the, uh, update and the perspective. I appreciate it. I love it. Thank you. Rex in Tacoma, Washington. Hey, Rex, what's up? Hi, Tom. Long-time listener, first-time caller. Thank you. I just wanted to point out that part of the problem with the truck drivers is all the truck stops run nothing but Fox News on their televisions. And uh, just wanted to point that out. Yeah. I'll listen off the air. Yeah, and they're, and, and they're probably just listening to right-wing hate radio and Fox News on, on their uh, satellite radios and other kind yeah. of radios. Yeah, yeah, I get it. It's, yeah, it's a per- it's a perfect situation to be brainwashed. Yeah, yeah. Be- and, 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 and I think Steve is great evidence of that. The guy who just called who literally did not even know that the vast majority of Black Lives Matter protests were completely peaceful. Uh, that's astonishing that anybody would be that stupid or that uh, uninformed. Uh, Rex, thanks a lot for uninformed. the call. Yeah, there you go. Don in Tacoma, Washington. Hey, Don, what's on your mind today? Thanks for listening to 91.3 well, FM. So I listen to you a lot. But I wanted to say that the bugs are fighting us and the bugs are winning because there's a few people whose brains don't think faster than the bugs mutate. So we have vaccines for flu, and that's okay. But when something really bad comes along, it's like a political issue. It's like they think it's government control. No, the bugs are in control. And I just wanted to say that. Well, that's, yeah. a, that's a good yeah. point. And, and, you know, thinking that you can fight a virus, you know, with politics, it's just it's just nuts. I mean, the, yeah. it confounds the science. Yeah. The simple bottom line to all this is that in March and April of 2020, Donald Trump knew that in November he was up for reelection. And he also knew, as all his advisors did, that if the economy was in the tank, he would not win the election which is why it looks like the planning for the whole stop the steal thing actually began in April of 2020, you know, the January 6th planning. But he knew that if the economy went in the tank, he was really going to have a big problem. And yet he had just declared a COVID emergency and shut the country down. You know, he did the right thing for six weeks. And then in April, it was like, you know, I shouldn't have done that. And we just all need to get back to work. And uh, particularly after April 7th, I believe it was, was the uh, date that the New York Times and the Washington Post reported that most of the people dying from COVID were actually disproportionately black or Hispanic. And at that point, Donald Trump was like, hey, let's all get back to work. And that's when the politicization of this virus began. Back in April, when Donald Trump started denying the virus, basically, this was three, four months after he told Bob Woodward, this stuff is deadly. It's far worse than the worst case of the flu you ever had. You know, you got to be careful about this. 
he comes out and tells people it's just like the flu. You know, take your hydroxychloroquine and you'll be fine. And, you know, we don't need these stupid masks. And, and he uses the Defense Production Act to get to force largely black and Hispanic workers in meatpacking plants to go back to work where they're dying. They're dropping like flies. And yeah. it was all because he was afraid he was going to lose an election. It was all because of electoral politics, Pol politics, pure and simple. We have uh, Donald Trump politicized this virus because he, he thought it was going to hurt him in the election. And he thought he could outsmart the virus. He couldn't. He didn't. He lost the election by 7 million votes. And now he's trying to tear the country apart. And the bugs are winning. Yeah. The bugs win. Yeah, there you go. They yeah. mutate faster than people think. Yeah, I think so, the, old, the old saying so is nature bats last. Kevin in uh, Durham, North Carolina. Hey, Kevin, what's up? Hey, Tom. Uh, I just want to say I'm really sick and tired of the whole conservative outrage machine over what is really just nothing, in my opinion, compared to my perspective. You're talking about the truckers. The other big thing that they're up in arms about is Joe Rogan getting in trouble for saying the N-word multiple times in his show. And my issue is this is how they view, this is what oppression looks like to them. Oppression to them is, oh, I can't say the N-word because I'm going to get canceled, quote-unquote. And I have to get a, a shot or I have to, get, uh, have to go wear a mask at a store uh, during a pandemic that's killed nearly a million Americans. Like, that's their definition of oppression. These people have no clue what oppression really is. You know, our books are literally being banned from libraries. Our history is literally being whitewashed and legislated out of schools. There was a story in Alabama last week where parents called and said that Black History Month was critical race theory. Our right to vote is being threatened and restricted. So I don't want to hear it. You guys can cry all you want about having to wear a mask. You can cry about not having to, being able, not being able to say the N-word. You have no clue what real oppression looks like. Yeah. yeah. And that's all I have to say about it. Yeah, this is, this is pathetic play. I mean, you know, cosplay. It's just they're trying to take on the role of victims, and they're coming across as pathetic snowflakes. And it's so funny to hear these snowflakes call into my show and go, you know, oh, it's just terrible. You know, Kevin, thank you for the call. It would be funny if it wasn't so serious because we're talking about, you know, 900,000 dead Americans. I mean, you go to TrumpDeathPoll.org, it's right there. 900,000 dead Americans because of this. Or I say because of this, because Donald Trump decided to politicize a friggin' virus. We'll be back with more of the news and more of my thoughts and yours in this uh, kind of national town hall meeting we have here every day on the Tom Hartman program. And in the meantime, don't forget, democracy is not a spectator sport. Never was intended to be. It requires you. So get out there, get active, tag, you're it. You've been listening to Tom Hartman. For audio and video archives, visit TomHartman.com.